Welcome to State Bar of Michigan's On Balance Podcast, where we talk about practice management and lawyer wellness for a thriving law practice with your hosts, Joanne Hathaway and Tish Vincent, here on Legal Talk Network. Take it away, ladies. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the State Bar of Michigan's On Balance podcast on Legal Talk Network. I'm Tish Vincent. And I'm Joanne Hathaway. We're very pleased to have Olivia Ash, a health consultant at the Indiana University School of Health and Human Services and recent law school graduate. We also have Jeff Zaper, an attorney and licensed professional counselor who is a clinical case manager at the Lawyers and Judges Assistance Program at the State Bar of Michigan. So, Olivia, would you share some information about yourself with our listeners? Absolutely. First, thank you for having me. And so the most important thing about me is I have a lot of energy (laughs) and that has led me throughout my career to be in different careers. So I, as you mentioned, I recently graduated from the Indiana University Robert H. McKinney School of Law, and that was my third career. I've uh, been in wellness as a professional in management of wellness programming, and I'm also a teacher. And as you mentioned, I am adjunct faculty at IUPUI. So I like to stay busy and And I find many things interesting. That's pretty much the most important things about me at the moment. And Jeff, would you share some information about yourself with our listeners as well? Certainly. Thank you, Joanne. Um, I am, as was mentioned, a clinical case manager here at the Lawyers and Judges Assistance Program. I'm a licensed professional counselor and graduated from Wayne State University in 2016 with my master's degree in counseling. Prior to that, I had a a small private practice. I graduated from Capital University Law School in Columbus, Ohio in 2005 and had a a small private practice that focused on probate law. Uh, I've since relocated to Michigan and uh, really enjoy living and working here now. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's get on to our discussion about loneliness as an issue and how it impacts attorneys in the practice of law. Olivia, could you share with us what exactly is loneliness and how does it differ from being alone? Loneliness is, when it boils down to one's self-perception of their relationships and the quality of those relationships in their own mind uh, versus being alone is, is quite literally a quantitative measure. So that's, I have five friends, I'm surrounded by people, uh, but yet internally my subjective value of my relationships with those people are they're good, but maybe they're not as good as they could be. So I could be socially not isolated and be around friends, but inside be um, quite lonely because the friendships and relationships and my perception of them are not what I wish they would be for my life at the present moment. So that that's really the, the big difference between loneliness as a subjective qualitative measure and social isolation as a quantitative measure and just the number of contacts that you have in your in your day-to-day life. Okay. And, and you did research um, on loneliness and attorneys. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that research and what you were looking for and studying? Yes, absolutely. It is a, a new thing to research, and I'm, I'm very excited about it because as I was doing my preparation for the research I conducted, I realized there was no official research on measuring loneliness in the legal field. And so 
Briefly, it came about I uh, in my last year of law school, we have a writing requirement. And with my background as a health professional, I wanted to do my, my thesis on something that mattered. And I wanted to have something to contribute uh, and to the to legal profession and maybe a, a, a starting sort of platform for others to work from, uh, including myself. So I decided to research loneliness because I had read an article uh, in the Harvard Business Review that uh, in an employment workforce situation, lawyers measured as the loneliest of professionals behind physicians. And I thought that was interesting being right there in my last year of law school, and I wanted to do a little bit more, so I developed and created a survey and administered it to my colleagues at the school and was able to contribute just a little bit to get the, the ball rolling on it because I think it's a very important mental health aspect for law students, especially, and then lawyers in the profession moving forward. So, Olivia, can you share with us what factors drive loneliness? Yes, yes. And as you might imagine, <laughs> and as, as you're used to saying in the legal field, it, it depends. Uh, but <laughs> what, what research has been done is, in, and again, the research about loneliness is all over the place. And the only research we have to look at is in the general population. So when we look at lawyers, we're looking at a specific subset of that population. But generally speaking, Loneliness, because it's a subjective measure, is really about someone's self-esteem and their self-perception and their self-efficacy. And those are all actually distinct health terms. Uh, self-esteem is how you feel about yourself and your worth. And self-efficacy is the ability that you think that you have to change your environment. And so what we're seeing with the research is that those persons who self-report as moderate to high loneliness tend to have lower levels of self-esteem, self-efficacy. And then also from an outside perspective, they're not engaging with individuals and talking about how they're feeling. So they may have a smaller social network. Uh, they may not have a good self-perception. But they may also be fearful, shy, anxious, and not normally predisposed to talk to others about how they're feeling especially. So that's what we're seeing that's driving this, this loneliness is this internal storm, if you'll, if you'll have it, within someone's um, thinking. It's really about how they think and then comes out how they feel and how they act or don't act. So it's something that's happening in the lawyer's own mind. It is exactly, yes, it is. And it's, and it's happening whether you're a lawyer, a physician, but what we're also finding, what, what I also discovered in doing my research is that the more isolated an individual becomes, or in this case, a law student showing in my research, the longer they're in law school, the higher their loneliness score was to the point where the average loneliness score for this cohort that I tested and who responded was 43 and the highest level of loneliness measures at 44. So by the time they're graduating, they're experiencing high levels of loneliness and that's a concern because as lawyers, the goal is to be able to use our brains and use our minds and function and advise others. And if we're feeling such emptiness and loneliness inside, that can be a very good seed, so to speak, for other mental health conditions and physical health issues to sprout. Okay. Jeff, could you speak a little bit about your experience as you transition from being a law student to practicing in a, a smaller solo practice setting. Um, can you relate to the way Olivia is thinking about these issues through a loneliness lens? Absolutely. So yeah, as, as I was uh, listening to her talk, what came to mind 
was this idea of loneliness stemming from unmet emotional needs. And I think there's a, a complication to it. So, you know, you know, these emotional needs are met through connection. And, and so loneliness can be a way or a reason why these emotional needs are not being met. Uh, which is, you know, I kind of envision that more as like social isolation. But then it also can be the outcome of the unmet needs, which is, you know, perhaps more emotional loneliness. And so it, it's something that I, you know, definitely experienced as I transitioned, you know, through my career. So I, as I reflect back on my time in law school, I really think of it in, in fond terms. You know, and in law school, I found an environment that, was I really uh, enjoyed. It was people that were go-getters that succeeded and were ambitious. And I certainly fit that those criteria as well. And so I found a group of people that, you know, I could connect with. And I went part-time at night. So I, I was on a four-year track as opposed to the tr- traditional three-year track. And so I worked full-time during the day and then went to school at night. And so just some observations from that time was that there was separation among people. So the the night students and the day students didn't mix at all. And certainly within the night students, we had our own little cliques. And so as I, as I went through school, I, I certainly had a lot of kind of superficial relationships, but I had three or four pretty tight ones as well. And then one of the uh, work experiences I had while in law school was to, was to clerk for a probate judge. And so I was able to really develop some more friendships in that arena as well. But as I, as I sit back and reflect on it, uh, you know, another piece to my story, which, you know, uh, is just personal to me is I'm in recovery. And so I'm at right now, I'm 10 years sober from alcohol and, and from gambling. But when I was in law school it was a time of active drinking and gambling for me. And so I think for me anyway, what, being, you know, having these issues with addiction is a very isolating thing too. So I had these uh, relationships, some of them superficial, some of them not so superficial, but there always was this kind of feeling of being isolated. You know, people wouldn't quite understand exactly what I was going through. So as I transitioned into private practice and, and literally it happened, you know, I, my, Clerkship ended on a Friday and I opened my office on the following Monday. You know, right away I had a full caseload. You know, I was able to get a lot of referrals from court. So I was very busy at first. And then, but all of a sudden, you know, the the social supports that I had um, were lessened. So I was no longer around the people that that I went to school with. And, you know, I was still around some people, uh, but not, not as many. So there's this, there were a lot of, lot of things going on with me at that time. There was kind of this imposter syndrome, like, am I good enough to do this? There was the addiction about, which, you know, held, helped me to stay away from, from other people and just engage in, in these activities that I was doing. And then just the sheer number of people that I was around decreased. So, you know, I, as I went through, you know, the first few years of my practice, it became lonelier and lonelier you know, to the point where I ended my practice, you know, just, just three years into it. So, so it became overwhelming. I mean, as I sit and listen to that and and I know you, well, it sounds like you got more lonely 
once you got into the practice of law than you even were in law school. So I don't, I don't know how that fits with, with what Olivia's view of it is, and I'd be interested in hearing. And, and would is that accurate, Jeff, that it seemed more lonely? It is accurate. And I guess the way that I kind of conceptualize it now, looking back, for me, loneliness really comes down to not only the number of connections that you have, but the number of quality connections that you have. And so I, I kind of think about it in terms of like a two-way street. You could know somebody, and I guess these are more the, when I talk about like superficial relationships, those are probably more one-way street, you know, of people, and you may be pleasant with them if you see them, but there's not this shared experience, this meaning that you two share. And so the number of relationships that I had that were these quality two-way street relationships uh, dwindled, you know, and, and so there, I, I had a lot of acquaintances, but there wasn't you know, a group of friends that I had that, you know, we really shared this common meaning. And I really feel like that's something that you are taught in law school is that, you know, you are the problem solver and, you know, people come to you to fix issues that they are having. Uh, And not to mention you're in competition with, with your colleagues. And so it is kind of ingrained in this legal education that, these quality, you know, two-way street relationships can be dangerous. Olivia, how does loneliness interplay with lawyer well-being? And actually, what factors did you find in your research that uh, would drive loneliness in lawyers? So as I was listening to Jeff talk, I I picked up on a couple of words uh, about shared experience was one of them, and meaning. Uh, The word meaning is quite... uh, a lot of gravitas on that one. So what what we're finding here, loneliness, there's not been much research at all with lawyers and loneliness, probably because as the health research shows, and just in general, Gina Chow wrote an article, and the things about being a lawyer make it very difficult to actually find meaning and cultivate it because competition, heavy workload, the fear of failing, the illusion of control, the way that we're trained in law school, thinking like a lawyer, which you know could cause a disconnection from someone's self. And so internally, our thoughts affect how we respond emotionally and therefore our actions or behaviors. And so this competition, this criticalness, this analysis can kind of become out of control, get out of control. So my, my goal was to really look at, okay, I, and I, as a health professional coming into law school at the age of 35, um, having knowing, teaching others about health, I was in a unique position to, to experience what law school was like, what it was like, the levels of internal competition, but also to try, by nature, I was, I'm a relator. I want to cultivate relationships. And so that balance is tough, but there is some, as Jeff said, there is some benefit in knowing there's somebody there with you going through that because it's, it's difficult for people to understand what it's like. But what we're finding here is that, so my research on, on my group showed that loneliness increased as you got closer to graduating. And then Jeff just talked about how being a solo practitioner, especially, you have now removed those relationships, even though they may have had elements of competition. There were still people with shared meaning who knew what the emotions were like, and that has now been removed. And then you add on top of that going into a profession where you have a lot of debt generally, 
and you have high expectations, you have a high workload, all of that can really wreak havoc on your mind. And with lawyers, we see them beginning to experience the same types of physical symptoms as post-traumatic stress disorder and what they call a hypervigilance response. Uh, there's a researcher named Steve uh, Chicapio uh, and his wife, and he has done neuroendocrinology research. So he looks at it from a behavioral standpoint. And your body has a response to being afraid and fearing things and like, hey, this is painful. I don't have anybody to talk to. This relationship's not how I want it. So then you respond by trying to reach out, um, but you also have elevated heart rate. You have high blood pressure. You may have sleepless nights. So you add that to being a new lawyer, to losing relationships, to having the stress of learning how to think and analyze and being critical. And it can really, if it's not, if there's not a, um, intervening factor, so to speak, it can really wreak havoc and therefore drive individuals, especially lawyers, and we see this in the research that has been done, to begin using substance use disorders. Alcohol, gambling, as, as was mentioned, uh, depression, suicide rates, all of those are higher than the general population for the same measures. And I personally think that loneliness is the bedrock or seed from which a many mental uh, disorders and emotional challenges spring from. To me, I think it's a it's a really great question. And as I was, you know, preparing for this, one thing that kind of came to my mind was, you know, what exactly is loneliness? And you know, I thought of the metaphor of, you know, the four blind people feeling different parts of an elephant and how they're they're all describing, you know, different things, but it really is an elephant, you know. And is that kind of what we're talking about? Is is loneliness? kind of its own standalone malady or is it really part of something else and you know I don't know what the answer and, I, and I'm excited hopefully there'll be more research on on what you know the answer to that question really is but it does to me it makes a lot of sense kind of what Olivia is saying is that it is the seed that from which other things sprout you know if you're if you're building a house you know that foundational stuff you know if the house is your mental health and you know it's easy to think about maybe foundational blocks like depression or anxiety, or perhaps loneliness is another foundational block, which, you know, this mental health house is, is built upon. And I, I really kind of think in terms of systems and, you know, if, if loneliness both amplifies the stress that we feel, and then also amplifies the impact of that stress, you know, it's affecting not just isolated parts of ourselves, but, you know, it's, it's acting on a system. And, you know, that's certainly, you know, there are systems within the body, but also culturally, too. Oh, I totally agree, Jeff. Totally agree. And the systems metaphor, both the elephant metaphor and the systems metaphor. And as a, as a health professional, I teach health curriculum to, to students wanting to be teachers. And I teach principles of wellness at, at Indiana University. And I try to tell my students, you've got to be balanced. And I try to work on it myself. And law school was difficult for me. And it took me a good year and a half to two years to sort of deal with that. And I'm a trained professional when it comes to health. So I saw challenges in my classmates on how, how their health was affected with the stress based upon how they were looking, how they were talking. And if I might, there's a couple things I'm going to pull from my paper that sort of tie into the metaphor on the systems and the elephant. So loneliness is a bedrock. It's the elephant, and you'll see depression. You'll see anxiety. 
Um, our bodies, our systems, they're made to work together. The, the emotional center is not supposed to be isolated from your insulin response or how your heart works. Or if you're completely horribly lonely, your body, you're, you're having lower serotonin in your neurotransmitters. There's a, there's a statement. Douglas Litowitz said that he said that law school breaks people and that he felt that nobody comes out of law school feeling better about themselves, although many come out feeling caustic, paranoid, and overly competitive. And then in 2010, uh, Jennifer Jolly Ryan talked about law school, and she said that, you know, law schools, students enter law school with unique gifts, and then she goes on to say that at the end, law school teaches many students to put aside their personal life and health and accept persistent discomfort, angst, isolation, even depression as the cost of becoming a lawyer. And I find that to be tragic because as a person, when we teach, when I teach health, it's about the wellness wheel. It's about the six dimensions of health. It's, it's a pie and it has to be even. And to, to be in an environment and Stephen Cole's a UCLA researcher. And he said that he feels that loneliness is one of the most toxic environmental conditions we can possibly encounter. It, it disassociates yourself. And I truly believe that as research continues, we will see that we'll start to see loneliness correlate with some of these rates of alcohol use um, and substance use disorders in our profession. But we have to talk about it. And that's the cha- that's a challenge. It is. It definitely is. And I think it is compelling. Your work is compelling. And I think it'll be the start of other research that brings more solutions I would like to ask about what people can do to reduce feelings of loneliness, but I think our time is beginning to disappear. So maybe we should try to schedule another conversation and another time in and explore that together. Absolutely. Be happy to do so. Certainly. Excellent. Talk. Talk yeah. about how you feel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Find someone That's you the- can t- and it's okay to talk about how you feel. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'll just very quickly interject a personal story. So being in sobriety, I attend community support groups. And one of the most compelling things about it for me is that, you know, there's this group of people that know me and that I don't have to fill in the backstory every time I can pick up right where I am and and talk about what's going on with myself. And, and just to have that, you know, group of people is so invaluable and, you know, has led me into this life of recovery. So, I mean, I just know firsthand that, you know, that this is real and that it works. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of our show. We'd like to thank our guests today, Olivia Ash and Jeff Zaper for a wonderful program. If our guests would like to follow up with either of you, I'm going to ask each of you to share some contact information so they can find you. Olivia, would you go first with some contact information, how our guests could find you? Absolutely. I can be reached by email at liveash at yahoo.com. So that's L-I-V-A-S-H at yahoo.com. Or I'm on LinkedIn under Olivia Ash, and you'll be able to send me a message through LinkedIn if that's a preferred method. Thank you. And Jeff, how about you? How can our listeners reach you if they want to reach out? Sure. You can reach me by email, and that is jzaper, which is Z-A-P-O-R at mishbar, which is M-I-C-H-B-A-R dot org, or by telephone, which is 517-346-6376. 
Our thanks to Olivia and Jeff for joining us today. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This has been another edition of the State Bar of Michigan On Balance podcast. I'm Joanne Hathaway. And I'm Tish Vincent. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the State Bar of Michigan On Balance podcast. Brought to you by the State Bar of Michigan and produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find the State Bar of Michigan and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download Legal Talk Network's free app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network or the State Bar of Michigan or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.